We are so glad you've joined us today. If God is doing something in your life through this ministry, we want to hear about it. Send us an email at live at trinitynwa.com to tell us your story. You can also go online to give to this ministry by going to trinitynwa.com and clicking the red Give Online button. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to experience more content, visit our website or subscribe to our YouTube channel. I want you to get your Bible turned to Psalm chapter 27, looking at verse 14. Psalms 27, 14. It says, wait with hope for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart be courageous. Yes, wait with hope for the Lord. Wait with hope for the Lord. Wait with hope for the Lord. Boy, that's easier said than done, isn't it? We're going to talk for a few minutes this morning about how that we are to see our obstacles as opportunities. And we never naturally think of obstacles as opportunities, do we? Uh, it, it, is, it is adverse to our nature to view obstacles as friends. They're always foes. We never want to get somewhere the hard way. It's, it, it, it goes against our common way of analyzing situations. What do I mean by that? Well, just think about it. How often do you choose stairs over an elevator? What should you take? Always the stairs. How often do you drive when you could walk? Why? Because driving is easier. How often do your meals come from cans and boxes instead of gardens? Well, pastor, because we live in the United States of America and it's kind of difficult to go out in the front yard and butcher a goat. So, you know, we, we buy our stuff in packages and boxes. We do because it is more convenient. It's a whole lot faster. And we think that it's probably more productive, but is it really? In reality, obstacles are our friends. Because God knows that we need to learn to endure and persevere and fight our way to becoming strong. I've been thinking this week about some of the, of the people in history that I've read about that overcome tremendous obstacles. And, and I won't list a whole lot of them for you, but there was a couple of them, uh, most of these before my time. But some of them you might remember, they're, uh, back in the 1960 Olympics, there was a lady named Wilma Rudolph who won three gold medals during that Olympics. But in order to do that, she had to overcome some enormous obstacles. At the age of four, she had scarlet fever. She lost the use of her left leg and had to learn how to walk again at age seven. 
and then just a few years later won three Olympic medals. Or how about a little boy named Johnny Fulton? He was run over by a car when he was three years old. Listen to these injuries. Suffered crushed hips, broken ribs, fractured skull, compound fractures in both legs. Did not look like he was going to live. But later on in life, as a result of commitment and dedication and hard work, he ran the half mile in less than two minutes. Wow. Woodrow Wilson was the 28th president of the United States. They say he couldn't even read until he was 10 years old. But he persevered. How many of us this very moment are encountering obstacles? If you're encountering obstacles in your life, I want to see your hand. I'm glad for the ones of you that aren't lifting your hands. We'll pray for you tomorrow. Because they're coming to us all. All of us who will someday receive the crown of life and the statement from our Father, well done, thou good and faithful uh, servant, welcome into the joys of the Lord. All of those who hear those words, by the time they get there, will be in the Spirit, experienced hurdlers. All of them are going to be folks who somehow knew how to deal with the obstacles in life. Because if you live on this planet for more than a minute... You're going to face challenges. These can be all different kinds of issues. They can be health issues. They could be financial. They could be relationships. They could be your work. They could be what we talk about a lot here, the hurts, habits, and hang-ups, host of other issues. It could be a lot of those. But I want you to hear this statement. Hear this statement. You probably won't be able to write it down because it's long and it, and it, it takes a while. And it might not be on the screen, but I want you to hear this statement. Whatever you are currently attempting to pray away is an obstacle that you may have to accept as an opportunity that God has given you to be an overcomer, to make you stronger as a result, and to develop a testimony that's going to be amazing to share with others when this season is over. A long sentence, but it's true. Pastor Charles Stanley wrote, Sometime back, he wrote these words. Learning to see obstacles as opportunities takes time. Recalling certain truths can help our perspective. And this morning, for the next few minutes, I'm going to recall some of those certain truths he's talking about. I want you to get your pen, your paper. Get ready to write these down. Remember these truths as you learn to see your obstacles as opportunities. The first thing you need to understand I want you to see, I want you to visualize the obstacle or the obstacles right now that are the most paramount in your life. See those things, get them in your mind, be thinking of them right now because what I'm about to tell you, I want you to see the obstacle in light of the information I'm about to give you because you've not been seeing it in that light. You've been seeing the obstacle, you've been seeing that in the light of this is uh, adverse to me, this is hindrance to me, this is difficult for me, but you've probably not been seeing it in the light of the five things I'm about to share with you. Here's what you need to remember as you learn to deal with the obstacles in your life that are really opportunities. Number one is this, 
God is at work. God is at work. God is working in you, for you, on you at all times. There's barriers that may be in your way. A situation that you're in may not be changing as quickly as you'd like for it to, for the better. But you need to always keep this in mind. God is orchestrating people and events to move his plan forward, not yours. So sometimes his plans get in the way of yours. I said that the wrong way on purpose because that's how we understand it. God is always working silently and invisibly and effectively regardless of what you can see right now. If we could go around this room, I could ask you how many of you could tell a story about a time that that you were in an impossible situation or circumstance where that right at the very end, right at the very last, God came through and did a miraculous work on your behalf. How many people could attest to something like that? Man, I mean, things are coming to your mind about how that you were just in such a bind, in such a bad shape, and you were praying, and you were believing and hanging on in faith and waiting on God, and just at the very last minute, God came through. Well, we all have stories like that. And I'll tell you something, God came through for you a couple of reasons, because he loved you, but also the reason he came through when he did and why he did was because it was furthering his plan. It didn't happen when you wanted it to, why you wanted it to, until it was his plan. When it was time for his plan to unfold, then your situation got better, or in some cases, worse. Pastor, I don't like this so far. Well, just hang on. For some, it will get better. For some, it will... (laughs) Hopefully not. I love this about our God, though. He's always for us. He always loves us. He's going to always be with us, and he's always going to get us where he's taking us, and he's always working in that behalf, because you, as a part of the rest of the corporate body of Christ are his children, his bride, and he's going to get you to heaven ultimately, and he's going to get you there however he has to do that in this journey here. That's his goal. That's his plan. But I love this about our God according to his word. Like the old song says, God always makes a way where there is no way. This is the same God taking encouragement in today. He is championing your cause, so take take courage from these statements. This is the same God that if you track him throughout the Old and New Testament, this is the guy that rolled water back so that people could walk through it on dry ground. This is the God that caused water to come out of a rock when three million people were about to die of thirst in a desert. The same God that brought birds in from nowhere every day so that they'd have meat to eat and manna that appeared on the ground from nowhere in a desert so that they would have bread to eat. This 
is a God who always makes a way for his people who are a part of his plan. Nothing too hard for him. If he needs to, he can can take you through a fire pit and you won't even get burned. If he needs to, he can cause time to stand still. If he needs to, he can even raise you back from the dead to life. Whatever he needs to do because there's nothing too hard for him to do. He is the only God of the entire universe. There is no other God. It's not that he's the greatest. There is no other. And your obstacle needs only a thought from him to become yet another victory One on your behalf. God is at work here. Just hold on. This is not the end. Some of you are thinking, man, this is the end. This is the end for me. Let me tell you something. If you're one of his and this was the end for you, things would be a lot better than they are right now because you'd be standing in heaven right now worshiping the Lamb of glory, receiving a crown of life. For you, it just gets better. It doesn't ever get worse. It's just gonna get better. This life is going to be what it is with the joys that it brings and the rest of the things that come along with it. But at the end of it, man, there is a reward that's waiting for those who are patient and faithful. Those who carry out the plan of their father. Hang on. God is at work in your obstacle. And secondly, God prepares the way. Now, here's the thing about it. He's already decided which one of those hindrances he's going to move out of your way. And which ones he's not. He already knows which ones are there. And he knows the ones that he's going to move for you due to those prayers that you're going to pray. And he also knows which ones he's not going to move that you're praying for him to move. But here's what he's thinking about. He's thinking about the ones that are going to stay there because they need to stay there to accomplish the plan. He's thinking about how he's going to help you get around them, over them, or under them. And he's not thinking about how he's just going to watch you do it. He's going to guide you through it. He's going to go with you through it. Remember, there's no mistakes in his plan for your life. Psalm 37, 23 says this. A person's steps are directed by the Lord, and the Lord delights in his way. Man, I wish you'd stop just for a second. Let's stop and take a deep breath. Just... I want to think about that verse for a minute. My steps are directed by the Lord. And he delights in my way. Well, sometimes I don't like where he leads me. Sometimes I don't like where I'm having to go. Well, think about this the next time you get in a spot you don't necessarily care for. And you're praying to get out of. Think about the fact that God is leading you here and he likes this and he's delighting in the fact that the two of you are walking through this journey together. Your steps are ordered of the Lord and he delights in your way. Because it's his way. Number three. And God requires our cooperation. Hebrews 13, 20 says, now may the God of peace, and then there's a, you know, there's a little, uh, there's something that's a descriptive of that. Let me put this in here. It says, may the God of peace, 
who brought again our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He's describing him right there. But I'm going to tie this together, go on to verse 21. It makes more sense. Now may the God of peace, let's leave out that part we just said, though it's descriptive, it was to describe. But now may the God of peace, 21, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I want you to notice a particular phrase found there in verse 21. The phrase is this. To do his will. See it? May he make you perfect in every work to do his will. Now, that's going to require our cooperation. If we're going to carry out his will then that's going to require us to cooperate with his will. Somebody say amen. If we're going to do that, then that means that we have to not complain, whine, murmur, doubt. We have to understand that God is going to communicate everything that we need to know and he's going to equip us to get us through this situation. In fact, This may not be good news, but it is really down the road. You'll see that it is. In fact, he's equipping you right now to get through and pass this obstacle because he knows that the one behind it is even bigger. And you're going to need the strength and the endurance and the perseverance of the winning of this battle to get through the one that's coming. It's his will for your life. He delights in taking you from obstacle to obstacle. I didn't figure there'd be a lot of shouting in here today, but I'm teaching you something. You stay with me. I say this lots of times, and I mean it. I I still believe that God is more interested in in what's happening in me than what's happening to me. And he's orchestrating all that. And here's why this cooperation thing is so important. Listen to this. I have to cooperate or else I'm going to become miserable and I'm going to get ugly in my spirit. And that's not what God wants. God is not trying to make me miserable and ugly. God is trying to make me beautiful and strong. It all depends on my attitude about how he and I are going to walk down this journey together. Because you got to think about that. You've been thinking, Lord, where are you at? Here I am. I'm dealing with all these problems. Where are you at? God said, I'm right here. I'm with you every step of the way. Let's enjoy our journey. And you're like, I don't enjoy this. And he said, but I'm taking you somewhere. So that brings us to number four. God is personally involved. Are you still with me? If you're still with me, wave. Just making sure everybody's still awake. It's some good stuff now. He wants to develop, develop us, to develop in us a, a, a greater sensitivity to his presence. How does he do that? Through scripture, through his word, uh, through other believers. The closer you get to him, the closer you push into him, the more you realize that his presence is near. Those of you that are far from God don't sense his presence the same way that people who walk with him every single day sense it. 
those who take the time to rest in him every day sense his presence. They don't always hear booming voices, but they walk close enough to God that they always even hear whispers. God is personally involved in your life. He is personally involved in this journey. He is personally involved with you in the maneuvering of these obstacles. So all the children were lined up in the cafeteria getting their lunches. They're walking down the line with their tray. They came to a big old pile of apples. And the teacher had put a note on the apples that said, take only one apple, God is watching. And so they each took their apple and they moved on down the line. And one little Andre boy looked around, not seeing a teacher or a note, when he got to the pile of chocolate chip cookies. Took three cookies, wrote his own note, put them on the cookies for those who would follow later. The next one behind him read the note. Take as many cookies as you want. God is watching the apples. But God is watching everything. God isn't missing anything. And here's the thing about him. When I say he's personally involved, he's not just watching because that's what some secularists would like for us to believe. That that even if there is a God, he simply created us and put us down here and then he sits back and watches an experiment unfold. It is not that way at all. This God is not just watching you. He is personally involved in your life. He's not just watching, but he's doing, he's leading, he's guiding, he's directing, he's, he's helping, he's securing, he's protecting, he's promoting. He's actively involved. You're not in this by yourself. He's in this with you. He has a vested interest in how all this turns out. You know what it is? You. He's not going to walk away from that investment. He can't leave you at this obstacle and move on to the next one without you. He's got to get you there. We have to get there together. And the last one is this. God gives clear instruction. He does not bring confusion. Now whether you receive his direction in stages or all at once, he's asking you to trust him rather than your own thinking. If you look at uh, the contemporary English version, uh, Proverbs 3, 5 goes like this. With all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Six says, always let him lead you and he will clear the road for you to follow. Isn't that good? Anybody here like old John Wayne movies? Yeah. When I was a little boy, my Aunt Sally called me her little John Wayne. My middle name is Wayne. Darren Wayne. I even went to one, I moved a lot when I was a little kid, and I just experimented one year when I went to school, new school, they asked me my name, and I said, I'll be Wayne this time. So for weeks, teachers and kids all called me Wayne. Finally, the truth came out. Darren Wayne, John, she said, he's my little John Wayne, and I can't imitate him, but I like John Wayne. Big old rough, tough, 
I, I, I don't know. I, just from watching him, I have a feeling that he might have struggled with being real sensitive. Does anybody get that? That he might not have been just, he did, probably wasn't the guy that held hands and cried with folks a lot. They said that uh, one of the movies that he starred in was called The Greatest Story Ever Told. Anybody ever see that movie? And the director of that movie's name was George Stevens, and they were trying to encourage John to show some passion in, in this line. It was supposed to be a pivotal line. It was probably maybe, maybe the most, if not the most, one of the most important statements in the whole movie, and they needed to get the ultimate passion and sensitivity out of John Wayne on this particular line. And the line was this, truly, this was the Son of God. And so the director, after take after take, sat him down and said, John, you're talking about Jesus. Think about it. You've got to say it with awe. And so the next take, John tried that. He summoned up his most intense feelings, paused dramatically and said, awe, truly, this was the Son of God. We may as humans not always be clear in our communication, but God is. He knows how to communicate to us if we will simply listen. People struggle with that so much. They say, I can't hear from the Lord. I can't hear anything from God. I pray and I don't hear anything. I hear other people talking about how they always hear from God, but I don't ever hear nothing from God. I just pray it's like it's hitting the, hitting the, the, the bottom of these uh, brass-lined clouds. And it's going no further, and God isn't hearing me, and he does not respond. God always responds. There are a lot of children that don't hear what their parents are saying. Why? Well, there's lots of reasons. Sometimes they are running too far away. They're too excited by other circumstances to pay attention. They don't care, right? Which is why the switch comes out. You know, I mean, there's several reasons why kids don't hear what parents are saying. But I'll guarantee you, if you're trying to get in a road and you're three years old, your mama's saying something, whether you're hearing it or not. She's screaming, she's chasing. She's doing everything in the world to try to get a hold of you before you get in the street. God is communicating and it's clear. What he says is clear and concise. If he's not speaking to you, it's not that he's not speaking to you. It's that you're not hearing. If you're not hearing, there's a reason. There's something that needs to be examined. If you'll settle down long enough and listen, you will hear. It won't be a big booming voice, will it? For most of us, it will be that still small knowing. When I settle down long enough and I quit panicking and freaking out and shaking my hands, if I ever just sit down quietly and take a few deep breaths and wait in his presence and say, Lord, I'm just going to shut it out and settle down. Oh, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm just not going to do it. Lord, just me and you.
I'm telling you, when I do that, it does not take very long until I end up with a knowing. Something that comes back to me from the word. Something that comes back into my spirit, into my mind from something some other believer said. See why it's so important why we pray and stay in the word and stay in fellowship? What if somebody's about to say something at church that you need to hear and you're too busy at the lake to be here to hear it? Then when you're in a bind and you're supposed to recall that, you can't recall it because you was out playing ball. You missed it. You need to be in God's house so you can hear the word and pray. Be with other people. Learn to hear the voice of God. Learn to sense the presence of God. Learn to be comfortable in the moving of the spirit of God. And then you will hear. Every time you need to hear, you'll hear. Turning obstacles into opportunities involves three things. I'll give these to you and then I'm going to quit. Real quickly, they involve courage, patience, and faith. Courage to accept the presence of the obstacle and to move in step with God and do what he's asking you to do. Patience to wait for him as he's equipping you and revealing to you his plan. And faith to trust him with the outcome and to focus on obeying him. I'm going to tell you something. It's never comfortable to receive a word like this one today. It's not logical to choose to view your obstacles as opportunities. The easy way is the normal way for us most of the time. Here's what I'm hoping will happen for those of you that are facing perhaps the largest obstacle in your life. I am hoping that the result of this message will be that you will take another deep breath, pray another prayer, and just keep pressing on. Because... I love what my pastor Don used to say at Evangel Temple. I bet he's still saying it. He always used to say, you can't lose if you just don't quit. You can't lose if you just don't quit. You can't lose if you just don't quit. The obstacle's there. What you gonna do? So, a young man, he wanted to be a journalist, lived in a small town. Nothing ever happened there. But one day, the dam upstream from his town broke and flooded his town. I mean, biblical proportions. He jumped in a rowboat and he starts paddling down the streets of the city. He's looking for a story. This was his big break. He sees a lady sitting on her roof. Water is up over the windows and the door. He paddles his boat over to her house, ties the boat up to the house, climbs up on the roof with her and explains what he's doing. I'm looking for a story. And they sat there together and looked for a story. Eventually, a suitcase floated past them. She said, that looks like a story. He said, that's not a story. Pretty soon, here came... Here came a cow. She said, that looks like a story. No, nah, that ain't a story. That's not going to get it. Then he noticed something. He noticed a baseball cap in the front yard. And the baseball cap went to the, the length of the yard. And at the end of the yard, it made a 180 and came back against the current. 
And then when it got here, it turned and went back again. He said, now that's a story. She said, that's not a story. That's just my husband. He got up this morning and said he was mowing this lawn come hell or high water. Some of you are more worried about the word I just said than the meaning of that story, aren't you? You're like, ooh. I'm not trying to cuss. I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you. You're going to have to decide. Whatever comes. Fire or water. What are you going to do with that obstacle? Are you going to push the lawnmower through six feet of water if you have to? What are you going to do? You don't have a lot of choices. Not to be successful. We might as well learn how to turn obstacles into opportunities. Because the obstacles are going to be there one way or another. How you view them may change the course of your life. So remember those five things I just said about God when it comes to your obstacles. They're going to lead us in a final song. And during this song, I want to pray for you. The word is what you need, and the committing of that word from your head to your spirit is what needs to happen. So that can happen lots of ways. That's why we always do this at the end of the service. You can kneel down, and you can pray. You can put your notes in front of you, and you can walk down through there. You can commit those things to the Holy Spirit. You can say, help me, and you can just, you can do it that way. That's how some people prefer. So when they sing, come and find yourself a place to pray. But there's others that are like, you know what, I've done, I've been doing that. I've been, I've been doing that. I just want somebody to pray with me. So if you want us to pray with you, we want to do that as well. So whenever they sing this song, if you want to come and kneel, you come and kneel. If you'd like to have prayer, then I want to ask those of you that would like for us to pray for you to just come and stand in the front. And then I want to ask, I want to ask you to do me a favor. We have, man, I'll tell you something, church, and on any given week, we have a lot of preachers here. Ordained and licensed ministers. Uh, some of them are, are uh, uh, evangelist uh, missionaries, um, counselors, chaplains. It's really cool if you, knew, if, you, if you knew this congregation the way I do, if you knew who was sitting among us every week. And I'm going to ask uh, all of you preachers, all of you ministers, and then all of you staff pastors here with us. And all of you prayer team. And all of you leaders, and deacons. Any of you that feel led to, I'm going to ask that you would come and, and help us pray for these. But here's what I suspect. I suspect that some of the people that I just mentioned are the ones who need the prayer today. I suspect that some of those pastors, those preachers, those evangelists, those missionaries that some of them may be the ones that are facing the largest obstacles they've ever seen in their life.
this past week, I, I pray for our people all the time, and I, pr- I pray for our staff. And I was praying, and it was amazing. We have, we have 10 people on staff right now, pastoral staff. And I began to pray for each one of them individually. It was amazing as I realized when I break it down and started with this one. And I know what's going on in their life. And I was like, oh, my lands. God, they're dealing with this. And then I went to the next one. I'm like, oh, my. And I went to the next one. I went through that line. It's crazy what some of our guys and gals are facing right now. And I'm aware of uh, obstacles that the enemy is trying to use to keep us from doing what we need to do these next couple of months. So I know if he's attacking our staff, then I know he's attacking the rest of our church. That's why days like I think today are important. I want to end this time praying. Be encouraged by the word. Then let's pray together. Let's bear one another's burdens. Let's walk out of here. I'm not going to tell you that we walk out of here and the obstacles have been removed. That will go against that word. They might not be removed. But what we're going to do is we're going to walk out of here today with an encouragement that if there's an obstacle there, it must be there because God allowed it. And he's going to help me get through it. And I'm going to be encouraged when I leave here today. Amen. Stand to your feet. Ladies, lead us in the song. If you need prayer, you come down. And when you get down here, we're going to gather around you and pray for you. Amen.